single podcast that I listen to starts off with some type of elaborate intro that explains how they built some type of company from the ground up while being pretty close to perfect and having obsession-worthy hair. Like, seriously, I'm still obsessed. (laughs) For me, I'm right in the middle of my life's work, and this entire podcast is to take you on that journey with me, answer all of your questions, and give you a closer look at exactly what it is to live my life. So without further ado, let's just dive in. As badly as I wish to kick this episode off with a loudly played Britney song, (laughs) copyright rules just wouldn't let me. What many of my friends out there have been waiting for, cue the dramatic music, dun dun dun. That was terrible. (laughs) My coming out story. I find that within my own community, sharing one's coming out story is a sacred thing. It's something that shows trust in a relationship and the value someone sees in you as, as their friend or partner to hold this season of their life with them and to really walk through it. And it's something that we don't just do one time. I come out and will come out a million times in my life. My heart's desire is to create a safe space everywhere I go for people to feel warm, welcome, and loved. And if sharing my own personal journey helps to create that space, baby, buckle up because I'm down for the ride. Oftentimes, when people finally realize I'm married to a woman after asking about my husband for like nine months straight or to actually hear me refer to myself as a lesbian or being gay, two words that really intertwine to me with the same meaning, I met for the vast majority with one statement. But Charity, you don't look gay. Are you sure? Y'all, if I was a betting person and I laid my odds against a statement rolling out of someone's mouth... I wouldn't be doing this podcast because my ass would be laid up in the pool of my billion dollar mansion somewhere else in the world, sipping on a Jack and Coke, singing old pink songs. (laughs) It's as if people who say this to me have a secret app on their phones that my phone does not possess that shares with them a picture and a description of what gay or lesbian people look like. And since I apparently do not fit that description, I automatically haven't slept with the right man yet. Can you hear the sarcasm and eye roll here? (laughs) Would it amaze you to know that I've been given the same statement from people within my own community, like other women who are married to other women. Y'all, I've even been told what kind of lesbian I actually am due to the fact that I don't carry a pocket knife and I have freaking fabulous manicured nails by women in my own community. Why does this even matter? It matters because there is someone out there that is just as lesbian or gay as as I am that is currently walking through this season of being told what or who they are and how they need to look and act. And I'm here to tell you, when you know who you are on the inside, the rest of the world's opinion does not matter. In a really more fangirl-esque way of saying, quoting, quoting Ray Ray Hollis, Other people's opinion of you is none of your business. When you know, you know. You do you. 
People will judge you when you come out. People will not like you. People will speak, write, tweet, and retweet mean, harsh things. But one thing they will never be able to touch, the freedom in your soul that happens when you no longer suffocate from pretending or trying to teach yourself to be something that, baby, you're just not. And to any person out there that needs that extra confidence to get closer, just maybe one step closer to being who you truly are, I hope my story helps you find home. Because home is the place you will forever be your truest, most beautiful self. Barbie dolls. Did you ever play with Barbie dolls? I'm oftentimes asked when people feel they are comfortable enough with me or just being hella nosy, when did I know I was gay? I always start here. I grew up in the early 2000s when Barbie was the jam and anyone who did not think so had to be possessed by an evil demon and there was no other reason to justify why you would not be all about her. My cousin had the most elaborate, most amazing Barbie doll collection I've still ever seen in my life. (laughs) From outfits to cars, different Barbies with different faces and different skin tones and matching shoes. Y'all, I would rush through an entire day of work and chores just to get to her house to play Barbies. I didn't even care if she was there or not. All of our dolls had their own names and their own families. She even had tiny little baby Barbie dolls and little kid dolls, teen dolls, mom dolls. She being the older of the of all the cousins would always pick my dolls out for me. And each time my doll, Dolly Parton, would be married to a very pale Ken doll. His tanner had to obviously be broken too. Each time night would come, which really just meant we needed a snack, so it was time for bed for all of our dolls. I would sneak my doll, Dolly Parton, to my cousin's Barbie house and place her right next to her mom doll. My Barbie may have been married to Ken, but she was so in love with the girl next door. And that is when I realized that of all the kids we played with, My Barbie was the only Barbie who was in love with other Barbies. And that's a lot of Barbies. All the other kids thought it was weird. So I did what any five-year-old would do. I made my Ken doll sleep on the couch. (laughs) Y'all, she even had furniture, okay? (laughs) Once I started getting my own Barbie collection, I never once asked for a Ken doll. My family saw it as an independent boss lady thing when... In reality, while every kid I knew was drooling over this plastic masculine doll with perfect hair, I was completely comfortable being attracted to Barbie. I can't recall ever talking to anyone about my feelings for the dolls or asking why other kids thought it was weird that my dolls were all girls and they married girls and really only had girl children. What I do remember is realizing other people saw it as super weird and I suppressed it so far down, I didn't dare even think about it. It was my freshman year of high school when I really started wanting to understand why, we'll call her Susie for privacy's sake, was way more attractive to me than any of the other boys in school. 
the internet was becoming a huge thing for kids my age and I would stay up super late at night and Google things like, is it normal for a girl to like a girl? How do you know you really like a girl when you are a girl? Most nights, my research would turn something up referencing a verse in the Bible that now I can't even recall, reminding me I'd burn in hell for going to bed with someone of the same sex. Y'all, I was struggling. I went through the dressing different phase, really screwing with my hair to feel better about myself. Y'all, if you know anybody that just went through a massive hair change, and I'm talking hair to your butt to an inch all over your head, check on them. They're going through something. I finally exploded and found the courage to tell the guy that I was dating at the time during my freshman year exactly how I felt about Susie. To much of my surprise, it was one of the coolest things he thought he'd ever heard. (laughs) So I did what I've never known anyone else to do. (laughs) By day, I dated boys like a normal freshman girl and like some weird superhero that I had never known anyone to write about on the weekends and at night after the sun went down. Well, I dated Susie. Now, for everyone whose jaw just dropped because I totally just fell into a bucket of a liar and a cheater automatically, this was my cover. And boy A, for privacy's sake, was 100% on board. (laughs) I mean, come on guys. A girlfriend that you didn't have to remember the day you started dating or buy gifts on her birthday because the entire relationship was a cover? Being a freshman in high school, I knew way too many people who would call that a home run. And I was a ninth grader, so dating meant long talks on the phone at night, like actually having to remember someone's phone number and dial it and talk to them with your voice and not just an emoji and gifts, and maybe occasionally dropping something in their locker. (laughs) Dating is a little different now. By the time my sophomore year came around, I had worked up the courage to let a few close friends in on the whole me and Susie thing. I've always been and had friends older than me, and I credit that to being raised by grandparents and just being an old soul. While all my junior friends were planning prom, Susie included, we saw it as the perfect way to finally be my truest self. To get to the point, I attended my first and only ever prom with three other girls that were wearing their best, most beautiful ball gowns, and me... I wore the best suit you've ever seen. (laughs) If that wasn't enough to shout, hey y'all, I think I might be gay, I'm really not sure what would have been. And for a bunch of 15, 17 year olds, it was genius to us. You know, courage is a funny thing, and even after prom in a suit, I still didn't have the courage to be openly gay with my family or anyone besides Susie and our friend group. No one asked, and I definitely did not open my mouth about it. I'm sure you're wondering if I ever came out to my family and how it went, so let's skip a few years of depression, lack of self, self-love, loneliness, and isolation just to get to the point. Guys, being closeted will make you feel like you are the only person in the world. I was 18 years old when I met her. I'll try to keep myself together during this segment of this entire podcast, but it's very emotional. 
I was 18, and before I ever saw her face, my soul drew me toward her. In a cold, stuffy, dusty, nasty warehouse, (laughs) I met the one who would forever change the way I felt about my attraction to someone born with the same body parts as me. Her curly hair bounced, and her eyes shimmered with flexes of gold like I have never seen. When she first asked me out on a date, (laughs) I told my family this new person at work named Heath and I were going to go out and I had just came out of a terribly abusive, long, exhausting relationship. So my family saw me going out with this person named Heath is exactly what I needed. They reminded me how they thought men only wanted one thing and I should set a time limit for the date and how they would be in town just in case He, Heath, (laughs) made the date weird and I needed a rescue. It's funny how your family will come to assumptions when they think you're going out on a normal heterosexual date. I dressed in all of Heath's favorite colors, even painted my nails blue. I even bought the polish for that date alone. The date was the most amazing thing I had ever experienced to save you all the sappiness and tears of becoming emotional, explaining the entire thing. And about a week after is when it all happened. I was asked by my grandmother, So, Charity, tell me about this Heath fella. You seem to be awful sweet on him. Tell me about your date. Is he cute? Is he handsome? Was he a gentleman? In the living room on Cloverland Drive, I word vomited the most beautiful, relieving words I had ever allowed myself to say. Well, Nanny, uh, hmm. Heath is really Heather, and I'm sorry I lied, but she's absolutely astounding. After the weird, most longest pause of my life, without skipping a beat, my grandmother said the most comforting yet confusing words I've ever heard. Well, when are you going to have her over for dinner? Now, eventually, we had a way more in-depth talk about my sexuality, even the, but you don't look at talk, but to have such grace was something I feared to be what would end me being family to my family was the beginning of me becoming who you know today. I eventually told my grandfather the same words out in, out in his barn. Heath is really Heather. Sorry I lied. Don't kill me. Of all places where this man could have cut my head off with a saw, I chose to tell him his pride and joy of a daughter was gay in the manliest tool barn I've ever seen before in my life. His words were a shock and still comfort to me in times when I get down. Well... It's about damn time you come to terms with it. We've all known. Now, can you hand me my drill? After the two closest people to me knew, baby, did it spread like wildfire. All the church women knew. All the people at Sonic we went to knew. Everyone who knew us knew. It wasn't until I shared, I was being shared from others around me and near me, their own coming out stories, what I understand how great of a need family to people in my own community would be for others like me whose families could not give them the same grace and respect when they came out. See, I may have had what others would see as an easy coming out, but for someone being closeted for 
a lot of their life, being that I am only 23 right now, it was hard. Being closeted is something I would never wish on anyone. It's isolating, it's scary, and similar to depression, it tells you that you're worthless and that no one will ever love you. So I share my story in hopes that some other people can find light from it and know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to wade through the waters to get to shore. Well, that's a wrap, y'all. How did you like it? I can't wait to hear. I'm always, always, always watching. So if you really loved this episode and it really touched your heart, screenshot it, share it on any social platform you're on. You can tag me and find me just about anywhere as at Charity Mac. I'm always, always, always looking out um, to see what you guys think. And if you got to the end of this and you were like, yeah, I hated it, keep that to yourself. (laughs) No, really don't tell anyone. So for this week, I want to close this out with a huge, huge shout out because she would kick my butt if I did not to Brittany White. Brittany is the one who created our, um, I'm going to say our because I feel like we're all one big community, our um, image for the podcast. She's the one who really, really, really peer pressured me into just hurrying up and getting out of my own way and creating the damn thing and she's always there to listen to the first episodes as they come out so shout out Brittany White now you don't have to kick my butt next week when you see me thank you for always supporting me until next week keep it real